This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. It's also Shabbos In this week's parsha, we continue off from last week's parsha of Tazria, which spoke about getting saras. And this week's parsha, the parsha begins with what to do. You got saras, and now the trust went away, and you want to be matar yourself. You want to purify yourself. So the pasuk in the beginning of the parsha says. Zos tia Torah Samatsara. This is the law of the Matsara, the Yom Taraso. On the day that it becomes Tahar. What should he do to become Tahar? The Huva Ella Kohen. He should be brought to the Kohen. And many of the Rashainim wonder, why is this Lushan? What's the expression of he should be brought to the Kohen? Vuhuva Ella Kohen. It should be Vayelach Ella Kohen, and he goes to the Kohen. After all, he's been out of the community, he's been living by himself. He obviously did tshuva because the tzaras went away. And now he goes to the Kohen. It should say, Vayelech el Kohen. Why does the Pasuk say, Vuhuva el Kohen? And the Ramban, the Ibn Ezra, and others explain, it means Yuva el Karcho el Kohen. He should be brought to the Kohen even by force. He's Tahar. We drag him, even if he doesn't want to go. He must go to the Kohen, and who then will see if he's Tahar or not, and how to bring the karbanas that he has to bring, he has to shave himself, and he has to bring different karbanas. The question is, why does it say that he's forced to go to the kain? Obviously, if he wants to become tar, the taras is finished. He's done. But Roshiva of Gifter often explained that we see when someone has an illness, he will do anything to get rid of that illness. But once he gets rid of it, he'll forget that he even had it. For example, if somebody who's always able to walk normally starts to have a problem with his knees and he can't walk up the stairs anymore, all of a sudden wherever he goes he has to check, is there an elevator? How can he get upstairs? If there's no elevator, he has to think twice or three times before he can go because he can't walk up the stairs. And one day he'll get surgery and now all of a sudden with a little therapy he can walk perfectly. And now he quickly goes up the stairs all the time. Does he ever think for a moment how it was just a little while before that it was difficult for him to go up the stairs, that he should appreciate every step he can walk up now? Same thing here with this person. He was free with his mouth. He was speaking about people, Lashon Hara, not lending his things out to others, not getting along with others, and he got saras. He's kicked out of the community. He has time to think. And he does tshuva. He'll do anything to get out of being out of the community, out of having this illness, this tzaras that was painful. But now that the tzaras went away, he's done with it. There's one last thing he has to do. He has to bring different karbanos. That, he'll forget about. I'm already good. I don't need to go and to finish up the process. And therefore the Pasuk says, no, no, v'huva el It's important he has to be brought to the kohen, even al-karcho, even by force. Because that's a tendency of a human being. When things are going bad, we work very hard to get out of the situation. But once we're out of it, we forget that we were ever there, and we don't appreciate what we have. A few years ago, there was a fellow in Eretz Yisrael, he lived in Ashdod, and he got married, he was in Kailal, he was learning, and learning, and another year went by, and another year went by, and he kept on learning. And one day, he finds himself, he has six children, he has a daughter who's 21 years old, who needs to get married, and the fellow didn't have any money. He didn't have a penny to his name. 
You don't know what to do. So he went to his rabbi and he says, what should I do? I have to make a shidduch, I have to get my daughter married, but I have no money to, to make a wedding or anything. So after speaking to him and assessing the situation, the rabbi says, you know, I think you should go to America and you should collect money. Okay. He did whatever his rabbi told him. He calls him a friend of his who's a travel agent and he says, I need a ticket to America. So his friend looks at him and says, America's a big place. Where in America do you want to go? America. You know, that's not going to work. you got to tell me where. Says, I don't know. My Rebbe said America. He says, well, why did your Rebbe tell you to go to America? He starts to tell him. He has no money. He has to go collect money. He says, oh, okay, you got to go to New York. And he makes him a ticket to JFK. He says, by the way, how are you going to pay for this ticket? He says, well, when I collect the money, I'll, I'll give it to you. He says, okay, don't forget, you come back on first on your list. Sure. He gets on a plane. He flies to JFK. He lands. He gets out of the airport, and he has no idea where to go. He's never there before. He's looking around. He has no idea where to go. So many people and cars and coming and going. He davens. He says, Hashem, please help me. I, I came all the way here. I'm listening to my Rebbe. Help me. And all of a sudden, he sees another Jew walking by. He goes over to his other fellow. And he starts to speak to him in Yiddish. And he says, where do the Jews live over here? Because the Jews, <laughs> the Jews they, they live at home. No, no, where can I go find? He goes, what are you doing here? He explains to him what he's doing there. He came to collect money. He says, okay, you need to go to Brooklyn. He hails a cab for him, and he puts him in a taxi. He tells him to go to Bar Park, and the taxi goes and brings him to Bar Park. He lets the fellow off on 30th Avenue. The guy gets out of the cab. He's looking around. He has no idea where to go. He's lost. Doesn't know anybody here. Doesn't know what to do even. But it's in the afternoon. He needs to dive in Mincha. He sees a bunch of front people, of course, in Borough Park. So he goes over to a fellow and says, Tell me, where can I dive in Mincha? Is there a shul around here? He goes, sure. And he points right there to the corner, to the Shemr Shabbos shul, what they call a, a minion factory. You have minyanim there, going on the whole time. One minion finishes, the next one starts right away. He goes inside. He's exhausted from the trip. He's exhausted emotionally, never traveled before. He goes inside. He's about to sit down on the bench for a moment, and all of a sudden they start mincha. So, he davens mincha. He starts to daven mincha, and all of a sudden it hits him like a ton of bricks. What am I doing here? I don't know anybody here. I have no idea how to go collect for money. I don't speak this language. I don't know where I'm sleeping tonight. And he was so, so emotional about it, he starts to cry. And he's davening, and he's davening. He was davening Shemesh so long that the minion finished, and another minion started. And he's still davening away. That second minion finished Chazar Sashas, they finished Mincha, and a third minion started. And he was still davening. Finally, he finishes Shemesh At the same time, the third minion finishes. He says, Aleinu, and he was exhausted, and he sits down on the bench. He's sitting there for about a moment, when all of a sudden the guy comes and taps him on the shoulder. And he says, Shalom Aleichem. So what do you answer when someone says, Shalom Aleichem to you? Aleichem Shalom. He says, what are you doing here? He goes, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't know this was your seat. No, 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 it's not my seat. What, what, what are you doing here in New York? He says, what am I doing here in New York? He starts to tell him. He says, look, I'm from Eretz Yisrael. I'm learning. I have no money. I have to make a wedding for my children. I'm here collecting. He says, where are you sleeping tonight? I don't know. Where are you eating tonight? I don't know. Okay, you're going to come to me. You're going to stay by me. You'll sleep by me tonight. You'll eat by me tonight. And by tomorrow, we'll figure out how you're going to do all this. Well, thank you very much. So excited. Baruch Hashem. He goes to the fellow's house. He gets a nice supper. 
and he goes to sleep. Next morning, the fellow brings him, the host brings him to shul with him. They daven, they go home, they have a nice big breakfast. And then he tells the fellow, okay, now where are you going collecting? He goes, I don't know, I'm going to go knock on the doors. The fellow says, listen here. He pulls out an envelope and he gives it to him. He says, what's this? He goes, open it. He opens up the envelope and there's a check written out to him for $25,000. He goes, what's this? He says, well, you said you need the money to make a wedding. Here's the $25,000. The guy was so happy. He hugs him. He kisses him. Thank you, thank you. He says, Baruch Hashem. He's thrilled. And he takes his ticket and he flies right back to Israel. He's out of Israel for barely two days. He comes back. They make a beautiful wedding. And they send pictures to this fellow. And he writes letters of thank you. And the Kala and the Chassan send letters of thank you to him. And they send pictures. And everything was great. Two years later, he had to make another wedding. So by this time already, he knew what to do. Gets on a plane, flies to JFK, takes a taxi cab to Brooklyn to Bar Park. He has his fellow's address, and he goes, he knocks on his door. The fellow opens up, and he sees it. Oh, Shalom Leichem, what, what are you doing here? He goes, well, I have another daughter to marry off, so I need to come here to collect. Oh, you can stay by me, you'll eat by me, and again, we'll figure out how to, uh, how to collect some money for you, and how you collect the money. Well, plan's working. They come there, he has a nice supper, he goes to sleep. The next morning they go to Davin, comes home, has a nice breakfast. And then he says, so, did you arrange for your collecting? He goes, well, I have to figure out what to do. And the guy takes out a check, and he gives it to him. And the fellow looks at the check. It's a check made out to him for a hundred dollars. He goes, well, what's wrong? He goes, a hundred dollars? It's not, it's not a lot of money. Well, last time you gave me $25,000, and this is $100 not as much as $25,000 is. He says, you think I'm a rich man? He goes, yeah. You gave me $25,000, it's a lot of money. He says, no, 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 let me tell you what happened. When you were here two years ago, the guy says he was suffering. His wife was ill, and three of his children were very, very ill. He didn't know what was going on. They were just getting sick. And it was getting worse and worse. And he walked into Shul, to Davin Mincha, and he was so broken by what was going on, that he davened a long, long Shemonesrei, pleading with Hashem for the health of his family. And the guy says, I davened and I davened and I davened. And then I finished. And I realized that you were standing in the row next to me, and we started Shmonestra at the same time with the minion. And I realized I finished my very long Shmonestra and you were still davening. And I thought to myself, wow, I davened the longest Shmonestra in my life because I have so many problems I have to deal with right now. And you're davening even longer than me? Your problems must be even greater than mine. And therefore I decided I waited for you to finish Shmonestra and I came over to you and I asked you what's going on and you told me. I brought you home to my house and I decided that night that it's not just by chance that I saw you. And if I saw you, this opportunity Hashem was sending me. And while you were sleeping in my house that night, I spent that whole night calling up my friends, telling them my situation, which they all knew, and telling them what I was looking to do. And I raised the $25,000 for you as a schus for my family. And therefore I gave you that check as a schus 
that it should help my family. And sure enough, they all got better. But I'm not a wealthy man. You're coming here not to collect. Of course, here's $100. I can help you. But I don't have that type of money. The fellow came back to Eretz Yisrael. He collected, but he didn't collect much money. He didn't know what he was doing. He comes back to Eretz Yisrael, and he goes straight to his Rebbe's house. And he starts crying to his Rebbe. He says, I understand. Last time I went, I made so much money, it was so easy. And now nothing worked. So the Rebbe said, there's only one difference between last trip and this trip. Last trip before you went, you didn't know what you were doing and you relied completely on Hashem and you dove into Hashem. This time, you knew exactly what you were doing and you dove in very little. And therefore Hashem was showing you when you're going to rely on yourself, then you rely on yourself. And this is a lesson we see from this parasha as well. He said, when a person is in trouble, he does everything to get out of it. But once he's out of it, he forgets. He forgets what he has. What an important lesson to remember when we learn this in parasha Mitzorah. Have a wonderful Shabbos. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.